You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message and welcome to the tribe. City Tribe, happy Sunday. Welcome to week 10 of Better Recognize, where we have been becoming more familiar with the personality, preferences, and perspective of Jesus. And our hope is by doing this as a tribe that we would begin to know God more and we, uh, we would begin to know him more intimately. And so real quick, let's just take a moment uh, to, to thank and honor Pastor Lee for his leadership in this series so far. I mean, uh, we appreciate you, Lee. We appreciate the way that you have been walking us through the gospel of John. Um, and so just go ahead, light up the comments, fire emojis, thank yous, whatever you feel led to. Let's just thank Pastor Lee um, real quick. And so um, with that being said, you know, we asked this question, well, how do we better recognize? You know, how do we better recognize these things about Jesus? Well, one, um, we want to first suspend our presumptions about Jesus. You know, I don't know if you're watching maybe for the first time, maybe you're checking out church for the first time, or maybe you're just exploring the Christian faith possibly for the first time, or you have been. Um, but what I want you to do for like the next 30 minutes, any presumption, any preconceived notion that you have about Jesus, I want to ask you to do me a favor and just set that aside for like, you know, like I said, 30 minutes. Um, and I want you to open up yourself to the possibility that you may discover who Jesus actually is, not just what you've heard about him. And second, I want you to, um, and, and what we're going to do together is we're going to listen to and we're going to learn um, about what Jesus has to say. And third, we're going to spend significant time in his presence. By doing these three things, then we believe that we'll be able to get to know God more intimately because of it. And so before we begin, um, I want you to go ahead. I want you to hit the share button. I want you to tag three friends right now. Um, let me pray over you guys, and you guys go ahead and do that because somebody on your Facebook feed needs to see this today. I'm not saying because of me, but I'm saying because I believe God has something for somebody today, and you could be the vessel that God uses to get that message delivered to them. So share it, tag three friends real quick, um, and let me pray for you. So Lord, thank you so much for today, God. Thank you for an opportunity to come together virtually as a tribe, God. Um, God, we thank you for all the ways that you have moved during this time. We thank you for all the ways that, um, that you have used us, your church, uh, to be able to spread your word. And God, I pray that today's no different. Um, I pray that you bless our time together, um, that everything we do together honors and glorifies you the best way possible. And so Jesus, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you, and it's your name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. And so um, in 2015, I went to this uh, young adults retreat uh, with a few of my friends, and really what it was was just three days of just getting out in nature, disconnecting from the world for a little bit, getting away from like the stress of life. Um, it, was, it was so far out um, in like the middle of nowhere that there was no cell phone reception. Um, and so that was pretty wild to be able to experience. And I'll be honest with you, you know, for the first two days, it was amazing. I had a great time. I was swimming. I was hanging out with my friends. I was doing everything that I hoped and dreamed that this retreat would be. But on the third day, well, something you got to know about me is that I'm a city guy. You know, I, I can enjoy nature when I'm around people who know how to navigate nature. But when I'm by myself, um, it's a totally different story. And on this third day, I somehow got the 
the courage to go out and explore the campgrounds alone. Now, my friends, knowing this about me and knowing that I would not do well by myself in nature, they advised me to not do that. But I was like, look, guys, we've been here for two days. I know exactly, you know, where our campsite is. I know exactly where the water is. Like, I'm going to be fine. And so I went out at about 2 p.m. in the afternoon, um, and I went out and I was exploring. I was swimming. I was getting able, I was getting, you know, honestly, I felt like I was becoming like one with nature. And I was like, man, this is what it feels like. This is amazing. Well, it was getting a little bit late, and it was time for me to start heading back and start getting ready for dinner. And as I started walking back, I started to notice something. I started to notice that it was taking me way longer to get back to the campsite than it was for me to get to the spot that I was originally at. And it wasn't until I recognized that I had passed the same tree like five times that I, it started to sink in that I was lost. And I don't know if you've ever gone hiking with somebody who's like super like all about the city, who's not really that familiar with nature. But when you do, you notice that they notice everything. They notice every lizard. They notice every frog. They notice every single twig that's broken or every single bush that moves. And I am walking by myself and I am noticing all of this. And all I can think is like, I'm going to die. Like there's a mountain lion somewhere out here that's just like stalking me right now. And then... And then on top of that, I'm pretty sure my friends, they don't even notice that I'm gone or worse, they don't even care that I'm gone. And so not only am I afraid of nature, but now I'm sad. Now I'm sad because my friends don't love me and they don't care about me and they're not even looking for me. And hours and hours and hours are going by and I am freaking out. Um, And at this point, I'm thinking to myself, well, this is how it ends. Like, that's it. Uh, I got to, you know, I'm never going to see my family again. I'm never going to see my friends again. And panic fear, anxiety, stress, basically every negative emotion ever started to sink in all at once. And I didn't know what to do. And so I don't know if you've ever experienced something like this. I'm not saying like, I don't know if you've ever been lost in the wilderness before, but have you ever experienced a moment in your life where you have had these Uh, emotions sink in like this deep? Have you ever experienced a moment in your life where you have felt panic or stress, uh, maybe a little bit of anxiety or worry? And if I had to guess, I would say, of course you have. Of course you have. You know, sometimes we worry and we don't want to worry, but we just can't help it. It just happens. Like, of course you've experienced this before. I mean, I know a lot of us experience this when we became an adult for the first time. You know, some of us sooner than others, I understand that, but um, having to figure out how to navigate this world, having to figure out how to, how to just be, uh, you know, a, a contributing member of society, um, that is a stressful thing to have to do. Maybe for some of us, uh, we started a business, um, whether it was during 2020, like honestly the worst time ever in this pandemic or, or before, and you know, all the stresses about, of that and all the worry of like, am I going to be able to provide for my family began to sink in. Uh, maybe some of us entered into a new relationship or a marriage, and you're discovering that it's actually a little bit more difficult than you had hoped it would be. And um, again, stress or maybe anxiety set in. And you're now navigating through this life and you're carrying this weight and really like you're just troubled as you go through this. Now, whatever your life circumstances, I I just want to first acknowledge that, yes, you're not alone. Of course, like, of course, every single person watching right now has experienced 
this feeling before, has experienced these feelings before, and whatever life circumstance you find yourself in that is causing these, uh, these feelings, just know that you are not the first person to experience them, and you're not the last person to experience them. And as we have been studying through this gospel of John, we've been noticing, we have been better recognizing, I guess I should say, that Jesus, his disciples, his closest followers, the one that have spent the last three years with him, are also beginning to experience this. I mean, last week, Pastor Lee, he continued our study through John's eyewitness account of Jesus, um, and we discovered that his disciples were feeling these same emotions, this, this fear, this panic, this anxiety. In fact, the Bible says they were troubled. They were troubled. And the reason why they were troubled is because Jesus had just dropped like this crazy bad news on them. I mean, they're, they're having the Last Supper. Jesus washes their feet. You know, he's sitting down, and he, and he drops this news. He drops the fact that, that Judas is going to betray him, that Peter is going to deny him. And then even worse, he drops that he's not going to be here much longer, that he was going to die. And this, this news troubled his disciples, it freaked them out because they're like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not going to be here? What do you mean Judas is going to betray me? What do you mean I'm going to deny you? Like, like they're, they're, they're troubled in this moment. And as they're sitting there experiencing this trouble, Jesus drops a couple of promises too. He drops a couple of truths to them, and then he begins to walk with them through all the feelings that they are having in this time. And um, while they are, you know, understandably upset, worried, and afraid being the disciples, Jesus reminds them that I will, in, in John 14, it says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor um, to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth and will be in you. And so what he's saying is, hey, just because I'm not going to be here doesn't mean my work for you isn't done. Just because you right now, City Tribe, don't see Jesus in your room right now doesn't mean that he is done working for you. It doesn't mean that he is not advocating for you, that he is not interceding for you to the Father. And he's doing the same thing that he's doing for the disciples. He's doing for you right now in giving you the counselor that will be with you forever. And then he gives them this promise in verse 27 of John 14. It says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Well, why is he telling them this? Well, because of the news that they had just received, that the man that they had relied on for the last three years for food, for, for money, for their taxes, for, for help in their own profession, they just discovered that he's not going to be there anymore and that they're going to have to go and do these things without him. And so Jesus says, well, hey, I know you're freaking out, but my peace I give to you. My peace I give to you, so don't be afraid and don't be troubled. And so when you think about the peace of Jesus, when you think about the peace of God, I mean, when you think about Jesus just in general, do you ever, ever think of him as somebody who just stresses and panics and has anxiety? Of course not. I mean, I know I don't. But I also know for a fact that Jesus wasn't a person who lived without reasons to be fearful, reasons to experience anxiety, reasons to be troubled. But the best way that I can explain it is that the peace of God, 
um, is, is like this. I read a story once about a submarine that was being tested. It was a brand new submarine that was being tested. And part of the test was that the submarine had to be submerged underwater for a, a, an extended period of time. And while the submarine was underneath um, the water, there was um, this crazy storm that just rolled through above the submarine. And it caused just like a crazy amount of damage. And so when the submarine finally came up to shore, the person who was heading the team that was observing the submarine asked the captain, hey, how did the storm affect you? And the captain was kind of taken back, and he was a little bit shocked by it, and he was just like, what are you talking about? What storm? And he's like, dude, you didn't feel the storm? He goes, there's a storm that rolled through. It caused a lot of damage. Boats were being flipped over and, and all this craziness. And he's like, no, we didn't experience it at all. And the reason why they didn't experience the storm is because the submarine had hit a level of the water known by sailors as the cushion of the sea. It meant that the submarine was so deep in the water that it reached a point that no matter what is happening on the surface of the water, as long as they're in this area called the cushion of the sea, that those waters will not be stirred. In fact, they would stay and remain calm. And so Jesus' peace is a lot like the cushion of the sea. Did Jesus live a life that had turmoil, that had storms? Of course he did. But his peace remained in this cushion. And he's saying, I'm giving you my peace. I'm giving you, even though you're troubled, even though you might have reasons to, to be fearful and anxious, I'm going to give you my peace, my peace that rests in the cushion of the sea. And, you know, as he's given them this promise, and by the way, that promise is true for you too. Like, I don't know if maybe you're sitting there and you're feeling to yourself like, oh, maybe that's not true for me because, no, it's true for you. I want you to receive that. If you are a believer in Christ, Jesus has given you his peace, but you just got to receive it. And he's going to teach us how to remain and how to receive his peace because, again, this life is not absent of trouble. We are not promised a life that as soon as we accept Jesus that we're going to be able to live this amazing and fun and happy life. No, that's just not the truth. The truth is that we can experience the storms that come but also rest in the peace. And so we're going to show you that here in a second. Jesus is actually going to show us that in a second. Wherein, um, when they're, they're finished with their meal, again, disciples are troubled. They're fearful. They're anxious. Um, they're, they're stressed out because of the news that they uh, just received. Um, Jesus says, hey, come on, let's go, guys. And so they leave the upper room that they're at where they're having their meal at. They're, they're now walking to the garden that eventually Jesus is going to be arrested at. And on the way to that garden, Jesus begins to teach them something. He begins, to, he begins with this metaphor that, again, is very similar to something that they would be familiar with. He begins to use this metaphor that is something that will connect with them both physically and spiritually, and that is the metaphor of vine and branches. And the reason for that is because in the Old Testament, Israel, well, first of all, walking down this road, they're going to see vineyards for days. They're, going to, they're very familiar by seeing vines and branches that produce olives and grapes, and they see it for days. And on top of that, in the Old Testament, Israel is known as the vineyard of the Lord. It is known as the land that is supposed to produce fruit. And for a long time, Israel had been producing bad fruit. And according to Isaiah chapter 5, you can go check that out, um, that, that Israel had been producing bad fruit when they're really supposed to be producing good fruit. And so um, Jesus, Jesus uses this 
as an opportunity to teach them. I just told you this bad news. I just told you that I'm going to give you my peace. Well, I'm going to show you how to stay in it. I'm going to show you how to maintain that relationship with the counselor that I'm giving to you. And this is how. He says this in John 15. He says, I am the true vine. So in contrast to Israel being the vineyard, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears fruit, and while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Then he says this, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So remain in me, and uh, also as I remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And so what I want us to better recognize today, I want us to, because I know it's a lot, and we're going to read a little bit more scripture, so just hang with me. But what I want us to better recognize today is that we have a God. We have a God who so deeply cares about us and loves us, like far beyond what we could ever recognize that he is fully 100% committed to seeing that your life and my life produces fruit. That your life and my life produces fruit, which is why he says things like he's going to prune. He's going to prune every uh, he's going to uh, prune every branch that doesn't bear fruit, so that it can be more fruitful. You know, and that word prune, it's not like, you know, you're like some like pruny person, you know, like hang on the pool for too long and now you look all gross. Like that's not, that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is he, he's cutting away the dead wood. He's cutting away the, the dead wood. You know, and, and in this context, he's talking about, about the grape tree, about the grapevine. And, and grape wood is the worst. The only thing that grape wood is good for um, is bearing fruit or burning. Like that's, that's literally it. And, and you know, uh, Jesus is saying, hey, your gardener, your father, who's committed to you bearing fruit in your life, is committed uh, to, to going and just removing all the dead wood that could potentially cause disease in your life, spiritual disease in your life. This is how he cleanses us. And there are two ways that we see regularly that God cleanses us, um, and that is through Scripture, which we just read in verse 3, where, where he said, you are, already, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Through scripture. I mean, have you ever been confronted by scripture before? I mean, there are times where like I wake up in the morning, I hop in my Bible, and I'm just like, man, I'm encouraged, I'm filled, I'm just like ready to rock. And there's some times where I read the Bible and, and God is just confronting me. He's like, hey man, I gotta talk to you about something. And he shows me that in scripture. And my hope is, and I know we're not perfect at this, I'm not perfect at this, I, I know nobody is, but my hope is that every day that you wake up, that you are confronted by scripture and that you are being cleansed by scripture. But you know, if that doesn't work, then God has a second way of cleansing us. It's a little bit more painful, um, and that is through our suffering. So it's through Scripture and suffering. And I know that you and I would both agree that we hate suffering. We don't like trials. If we can have a vote together as a church, we would say, God, we vote that trials are never a thing ever again. Like, we know that. But it's through trials. It is through the, the, the storms that are on top of the surface of the water that, that is where God can get our attention if we allow him to. It's the moment that we get to a place where we say, God, what do you want? God, how do I get out of this? You know, and it's, and it's those moments that God can get our attention and he can cleanse us in that way too, which is also why I want to encourage you right now. If you're experiencing a storm, you know, I want, to, I want us to be very careful about 
how we respond to it. I want us to be very careful of what we consider it to be you know, bad or maybe we blame God or maybe one of your presumptions about Jesus is that because he's allowing you to go to the storm that he doesn't care about you or that he doesn't love you. But I just want to crush that lie right now because the truth is, and we find this in Romans. I know we're in John. Let's hop to Romans for a second. The truth is that all things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, that means the storm you find yourself in right now, God can use for the good of you. He can use it to cleanse you just like the scripture does. And so I want to encourage you with that today. If you're going through a storm, hey, just allow God to use that to teach you something that maybe you had no idea exists or maybe you had no idea like could be a thing. And so um, it could be a blessing if you allow it to be. But let's continue reading. Verse 5, Jesus says this, I am the vine you are the branches. Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Real quick, in the comments, I want you to type, I'm a twig. I am a twig, right? And, you know, with this, I want us to understand that we are, we are twigs. We are branches, right? We are, we are not the vine, but we are simply the things that connect to the vine, and like I said earlier, the only thing that, that twigs are good for are burning or bearing. Burning or bearing. Burning for fire, bearing fruit. And what, what we have to understand is that our value, the value that we hold in our life doesn't simply come from just being a branch. Like it's not, it's not Jesus saying like, hey, I'm the vine, you're the branches, there's your value. Congratulations. Like you are a part of the, the, the almighty tree. Like no, that's not how that works. But what Jesus is saying is, is I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, or if you stay connected to the vine, that's where you have your value. Apart from, apart from being connected to the vine, you can do nothing. You can't bear fruit. But if you remain, if you hang in there, you stay connected, then you will bear much fruit. Your value comes not from being a branch, not from being a twig, but from staying connected to the life of Jesus Christ. And when you do that, then his life will flow through you. And without a doubt, Jesus can begin to change the world around you through you, through you. Again, Jesus is talking to a group of disciples that are freaking out because they're about to lose their best friend. They're freaking out because they're about to have to navigate through this life alone. But Jesus is saying, hey, man, as long as you stay connected to me, as long as you stay connected to my word, then you will naturally bear fruit and your life will be so much greater than um, you, you will do much greater things than what I did here. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That word remain, in other translations, is abide. Um, in the Greek, it's, it's, it's the word meno, which literally just means to have a close, intimate, constant, meaningful communion with Christ. And you know how you can tell if somebody has that intimate relationship with Jesus? It's simple. It's by seeing the fruit around them. You know, if you, if you see somebody who's like, you know, quoting scripture and doing all these things, that's awesome, but look at the fruit around them. Look at the fruit around them. It's not, it's not that they're trying to like produce all this fruit, but it just naturally happens. It just, it just goes. Example, when I was in high school, 
when I was in high school, our family, we had this fig tree in our backyard, and it produced some amazing figs. Really, all the way up until I was in high school, I had no idea what a fig was. But when I learned and I discovered this tree and I got to taste the fig for the first time, it was amazing. But you know what's crazy about that tree? Not once did I ever walk past it and see it struggle to produce fruit. What I mean by that is not once that I walk past that tree and that tree gives me one of their figs and goes, man, that was hard. Oof, man. Or not once that I see it go, oh, oh. like, geez, man, like you have no idea how difficult it was for me to make that. No, because fruit is natural. Fruit is natural of a healthy vine. Fruit is natural of branches. And all the branches had to do was just stay connected. All the branches had to do was just hang in there. And so right now, I want to encourage you, if you are living a life right now and you are frustrated because you feel like there isn't you know, good fruit being produced around you, um, I, you're frustrated because it's difficult for you to produce fruit, or maybe you have this like, expectation on your life where you feel like you should be producing way more fruit than you are, I just want to say, well, one, are you staying connected to the vine? But two, relax. Relax. The fruit comes. The fruit comes. Fruit's seasonal, right? And so I, w- I just want to encourage you. It's not abusing grace, but it's it, just relax. Relax. Enjoy staying connected to the vine. Enjoy your time with Jesus. Enjoy, you know, spending a significant time with the Holy Spirit. Because naturally, as you do that, fruit will just happen. You won't, you won't have to try to do it. it. It will just be in your nature to do it because that is how you're created, you will naturally just bear fruit. So stay close, hang in there, branch, because you are doing a good job. And so I want to encourage you with that. And verse six says this, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Uh, Such branches are picked up, thrown to the fire and burned. And if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, if you want to call back to last week's service, if you haven't seen it, go go to City Tribe Media, check it out. Um, but Lee was hanging out in, in a lot in John 14, and um, one of the verses Jesus says, and it's very similar to what verse 7 is, Jesus says, uh, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And if you, you know, with that, pair this with verse 7, you can tack it on the end. You know, Jesus says, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And so I know a lot of us right now, we read this verse, and we misinterpret it because we think to ourselves, like, Well, I ask God for things all the time. I'm always asking him for answers. I'm always asking him. I'm always praying to him to make my situations better. And he just doesn't do it. He just doesn't help me. And so it might be true for you, Robbie, or it might be true for for maybe the rest of City Tribe. But for me, I don't see it. You know, and I just want you to know, I I understand that frustration. I get that. But I want to encourage you about something. You know, I I want to ask you, like, are you praying the right prayers? And I say that. I say that because as we remain in Christ, as we stay connected to the vine, you know, as we stay connected, as we start to experience fruit in our life naturally, and this is just like anybody, and we'll see this, I see this all the time with the students at City Youth, you know, the, the people that you are spending time with, the people you hang around with, naturally you begin to act and do things that are similar to them. In the same way, as we begin to stay connected to Christ, we begin to act in a way that is similar to him. It just kind of naturally happens that way. And so my question is, you know, if you are, if, if you are not 
you know, staying connected to the vine, I would encourage you to do so. But if you are, then you'll see that you'll begin to pray and ask for the right stuff because your prayers, you know, honestly change from God, help me with this. God, do this for me. God, I need, you know, I need an answer to, to God, your will be done. God, give me a character. Jesus, give me a character like you. And, you know, if you see the fruit being produced in your life, naturally you're just going to want the will of God to happen in your life anyways. Because again, God works all things for those who love him. And so if you're not getting an answer to your prayer right now, there's a good chance the answer might be no. There's your answer. You're welcome. But, but there's also a good chance that you may not be praying the right prayer. And so um, I want to just challenge you with that. I know that's not a fun challenge, but the dangerous prayer is, is you know, God, your will be done in my life and, and see what happens. Um, and then uh, he, Jesus goes on in verse eight to say this, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciple. I want you to better recognize this uh, progression of um, the progression of this text. Okay, because Jesus has spoken about fruit He's spoken about more fruit, and he has spoken about much fruit, right? And that's just the normal progression of our faith journey. As you continue to stay connected and you continue to remain, then your life will produce fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Not all the time, because again, fruit's seasonal. You know, it happens. We get distracted. We experience life. We're human. We're not perfect, but the natural progression is for this to happen. And like I said, another reminder, God is committed to seeing that your life is fruitful. Don't ever think that your life doesn't mean anything because it does. And we have a God who walks down the vineyard and he looks at every single plant that he has and every single branch, which is you. And he removes, he removes all the dead wood so that you can produce more, uh, more and more fruit in your life. Your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. I want you to receive that. If you don't believe that right now, that's a lie. It's a lie. And so um, your life has meaning in that case. He wants to see you produce fruit. Um, verse 9 says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain, remain, have a close, intimate communion with Christ. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy, everybody type in the comment, God's joy may be in you and that, uh, that your joy may be complete. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Don't forget, he's saying this to a group of people that are worried and troubled. I am saying this to potentially somebody right now who is worried and troubled. But Jesus promises his peace. Jesus promises that he's going to give us a counselor that is going to help us, that he's going to intercede for us. Jesus is now promising that Jesus promises that we are going to bear fruit if we remain in him. And Jesus is promising that he is going to give us his joy as well. All these promises are true for you right now. Now, he, God has never broken a promise. He's not going to start with you. And he promises to give you his joy if you remain in him. Man, these are two things that this world craves so bad. Peace 
and joy. These are two things that each one of us right now, you can deny us all you want, that we all crave. We all crave. We all want peace. We all want joy. And Jesus just promised us those two things right now. That's incredible. Thank you, Lord, for that, because that is so awesome. And um, that's, that's the cushion, right? That's the cushion of the sea, the peace and the joy that we receive from Christ. And if you want to learn more about the significance of God's joy, you want to learn how to live in that joy, then I want to encourage you to go to part two of Better Recognize, where Pastor Doug, our senior pastor, actually walks us through the joy of the Lord. It's an incredible sermon. Go check that out. Uh, we're going to drop the link in the comments um, right now. But this is, this is how we can better recognize God's joy for our lives so that we can rest in that cushion of the sea that we so badly want to be in. And verse 12 says this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. We're seeing this a lot, right? This is the trend. Jesus kind of wants us to pay attention to this. He wants us, he says, hey, if you want your life to bear fruit, you got to go love people. You have to go and love people. And guess what? As you remain in me and I in you, naturally you're going to bear fruit. And then naturally, guess what you're going to do? You're going to love people. You're going to be able to love well. And on top of that, he says, my command is this. He didn't say my feeling is this. He said my command is this, which means that this is something that you are capable of doing. Church, I want you to get this. You are capable of loving. In fact, type in the comment so we can all hold each other accountable. I am capable of loving. I am capable of loving. If it's a commandment and not a feeling, it means you can do it, which means that love, despite what you believe, is not an emotion. Love is not an emotion. It is something that it is not something that you feel, it is something that you do. It's something that you do. If you don't agree with me, let me show you, all right? Let me show you, because this, is a, this can be a transforming truth for somebody. Maybe there's a marriage out there that needs to understand this. Maybe there is a, a, a family, a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad, whoever, that needs to understand this transforming truth that is something that we choose to do, not something that we feel like doing. And last week, we saw Jesus challenge us with this again, and Pastor Lee gave us two ways that we are to, to love or what the love of Jesus looks like. And it's to deliberately deny yourself, right, despite what you think, what you feel, um, what you feel like you deserve. Um, and then on top of that, we are going to purposefully prioritize others. We're going to give precedence to a life that is not our own. And the example that we have of that is of Jesus. Because he says in verse 13, he says this, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. What is he saying here? And who is saying this? This is Jesus who's saying like, there's no greater love than the, than the love that I'm about to do right now by laying my life down for you. For you disciples, for you city tribe, for you person who just randomly logged on, Jesus laid down his life for you. Did he feel like it? Did he feel like it knowing that he was about to be tortured, that he was going to be whipped nearly to death, that he was going to be crucified on a cross and publicly shamed and humiliated and he was going to have a crown of thorns on his head? Did he feel like doing that? Of course not. Of course he didn't feel like doing that. But did he do it? Yes. Why? Because he deliberately denied himself. And he prioritized others. He purposely prioritized you and me. 
That is what his love looked like. That is the command that Jesus is giving. Not only are you going to receive my peace, not only are you going to receive my joy, not only are you going to produce fruit, but also through that you are going to be able to love others as I have loved you. Verse 14, it says this, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. There it is again. Love each other. And so essentially what he's saying is, man, guys, whatever experience that you're going through right now, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, the encouragement is that no matter what you are going through, no matter what fear or anxiety or depression or, or anger, whatever it may be, if you remain in me, if you lean on the helper, the counselor, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, if you lean on that spirit that lives inside of you, then these are the things that will happen. You'll receive my peace, you'll receive my joy, you'll bear fruit, you'll be able to love others, even when you don't feel like it. But it starts with remaining, staying home, remaining in me, staying connected to the vine, and naturally, without even having to try, these things are going to happen. And so I want to encourage you that today, City Tribe, and I'm going to close with this. You know, I was lost in the wilderness. Um, I was afraid. I was anxious. I felt like nobody loved me, that people, my friends had forgotten about me. Um, I thought, you know, maybe like a mountain lion or like a, like a frog was going to eat me or something. I don't know. I was, I was freaking out. Um, and I found like this road and I started walking up the road. I don't know if I was walking in the right direction, but as I was walking up this road, I saw these, these headlights coming from a distance, and I was like, okay, cool. If it's not my friends, it's fine, because at least I'll be able to get some help. So, so the car pulled up, and it was my friends, and they rolled down the window, and they were just like, dude, what happened? And I was like, guys, I don't know. I got lost. I thought I could do it. I couldn't do it by myself. I really needed you guys. And, and, they, and they just told me, they said, man, if you would have just listened to us, if you would have just stayed with, with us, then, then you would have been fine. But then they said, dude, we looked for you all day. We looked for you everywhere. And um, in that moment, I felt just in my heart like, man, like I felt so loved, I guess I would say. I, I, felt, I felt like I, I mattered. I felt like, you know, just all these emotions that were completely opposite of like fear and anxiety, but I felt relieved, I guess is the best way to put it. And I want to encourage you today that right now, if you're walking through this life and you feel like you've been walking and you feel like you've been lost and you feel like you have just been just completely just in the spot where, where you've just been feeling just all this fear and anxiety, I want to encourage you right now that we have a God who is looking for you right now and he is here to tell you, like, dude, I have laid down my life for you so that you don't have to walk this life in this wilderness anxious and alone and afraid anymore, but so that you can walk in my peace, so that you can walk in my joy, so that despite anything that's going around you, you always have an opportunity to experience freedom from it. And so if you're watching today, maybe right now you feel in your chest like, man, this is for me. 
Like you feel right now like there's something that's like pulling at your heart. You know, my, my encouragement is to lean into that. Despite what you've heard about Jesus, despite what you feel about Christians, lean into that. Because I'm confident it's the Holy Spirit showing you that, hey, I'm here. I'm your gardener. I'm committed to seeing you bear fruit. But it takes a single step to, um, into a relationship with Christ. Because the only way that we experience the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us is if we first choose to believe in who Jesus is, that he is the Son of God, that he was born of a virgin, that he did live a perfect life, that he did um, die a death on a cross for you and for me and for all of the anxieties and fears and stresses and sins and all the, all the, the, the evil things of this world that may be living inside of us, that he died for all that as a sacrifice and that he, that he was crucified on a cross and that he defeated death, hell, and the grave and that, that he rose again three days later and is now sitting at the right hand of his Father and he has sent his Holy Spirit down to help you navigate through this crazy life but it starts with believing. And I know right now, for some of us, we're afraid to believe. We're afraid to take that step because we're afraid of what the world is going to think about us. We're afraid of what this, what, we're afraid of what our family's going to think or what our, what our friends right now are going to think. And Jesus knew that because he said this in verse 18. He said this, he says to his disciples, he's saying this to you, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. It hated the presumptions that they found about Jesus. They hated the rumors that they heard about Jesus. They hated him first. But the encouragement, the encouragement for you and for me is that no matter how much this world hates you for believing in Christ, we always win. Always. We always win and we always will. And what's amazing about Christ and what we've learned that and what people here at City Tribe have also learned is that even when we lose and God prunes people from our lives because of our beliefs, he always replaces them. And so I want to encourage you today, let's pray together. And if that's you and you're ready to step in to a relationship with Christ, then it's a simple prayer. It's, it's the belief in your heart and the confession with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is. And so let's pray together. And so Lord, God, I thank you so much for, for today. God, I thank you for every single person that's watching. God, I pray right now that if anybody that is watching right now doesn't know who you are, if anybody is praying right now that wants to know who you are and is ready to step into a relationship, that they simply just repeat this to themselves, Jesus, I believe in you. And so, God, I thank you so much for caring about us so much that you want us to see, you want to see us bear fruit. You want us to see us have this fruitful life. And, God, we thank you so much for your son and the sacrifice that he gave so that we can experience a better life, not only here, but a life in heaven in eternity with you. And so, Jesus, thank you. We better recognize your heart for us. We better recognize the significance of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we choose to remain in you right now. And so, Jesus, despite all the fears and anxieties that this world may offer right now, we choose for a second to just rest in your peace. We choose for a second to receive your joy. And so, Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. 
And it's your name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Hey, if you right now, I'm going to ask something bold right now of you. If you had just prayed to receive Christ in your life, um, I just want you to type in the comments, I believe. Type in the comments, I believe, and, and City Tribe members, I want you to go and I want you to encourage them. I want you to reach out to them, bring them as a part of your tribe, because again, like I know it can be scary to, to figure out how to navigate the, the, the faith walk by yourself, but I just want you to know, as a tribe, you're not alone. So type in, I believe. I'm going to challenge you to do that, um, and we want to encourage you, and we want to celebrate with you. And um, a few ways that, that we plan to celebrate with you um, is, is, of course, by, by you know, responding to your comment, but second... Um, we're encouraging you guys, if, whether you are a believer of Christ for just five seconds or whether you have uh, been a believer for a while but you have not been baptized, I want to encourage you to make this, this public declaration that I believe that Jesus died for me. And so I want to encourage you to, to you know, at home right now, I want, you know, right after the service is done, go um, and have your own baptism at home. I want you to record it. I want you to share it with us. Um, and we are going to have a special baptism online service in, in a few weeks, actually. And so um, I want to encourage you to do that because this is a very significant moment. So whether it's your, your mom or your dad that baptizes you, whether you baptize yourself, you know, however it is, we want to celebrate that with you. And, and the way that we're going to do that is we want you to send us your video. So if you make a baptism video, which I encourage everybody to do, send us that video by August the 24th. Um, so that we can include it as a part of our service coming up on August the 30th. And so send us um, your video by August the 24th, and we will have it included in our service for all of City Tribe to see. And so um, that is a very special thing. I want to encourage you to do that. Um, next, I also want to remind you of, of our three S's that um, we um, have here, and that is uh, to share this message. You know, we want, we want you to share. So um, if this message impacted you, chances are it could impact Somebody, if this service impacted you, it can impact somebody around you. And, and why would we ever, you know, want to remove any opportunity to encourage somebody? And so um, hit the share button. It'll just take a second. Um, next, we want you to go and subscribe to our City Tribe media page on YouTube. Um, subscribe there. You can find all of our content from this series, from, from previous series. Like, we want you to go and check that out um, as well. That's City Tribe media on YouTube. And, and lastly, we want you to sew. We want you to sow. You know, first I want to say your generosity as a tribe has been incredible. Um, this has been just an amazing time to see the church step up. And um, you guys have just been doing that. We've been able to, to help people pay for um, their cars and, and you know, and uh, house payments and all that and groceries and you name it. We've, we've been able as a church, been able to step up and provide. And that's an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, and so I want to encourage you to continue to sow. And the way that we do that here is we practice the first fruit tithe to our local storehouse, tithe being 10% of your income, uh, the, the first 10% of your income to um, the local storehouse, which is City Tribe here. And so um, I want to encourage you to go over to citytribe.church. Uh, you can find the given link there. Um, you can tithe uh, by, by sending uh, your check to the address um, here below. And you can also text to tithe, which is my favorite, by texting 74483, and then you text tribe space and the dollar amount, and you can send it in that way. But again, every single time that you sow into this ministry, you are helping somebody get through this pandemic right now. You are helping um, somebody just honestly have just a little bit more hope 
um, as, as we learn how to get through this time together as a tribe. And so I just want to say thank you. You are amazing tribe. So thank you for that. Well, that being said, let me just say a word of blessing over you guys today. Um, and, and we find this blessing in, in uh, verse 26 of John 15, um, where, where Jesus says, when the advocate comes or the counselor whom I will send you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. And so I want to encourage you today that as you choose to remain in Christ, as you choose to stay connected to the vine, not only is your life going to, uh, not only are you going to be able to experience the peace of God, the joy of God, but you are going to naturally see the fruit that God so badly wants you to produce. And so despite your anxiety, despite your fear, remain Stay connected to the vine, and you'll be fine. So, Tribe, I love y'all. Have a great rest of your Sunday. We'll see you next week. We're glad you were part of the Tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.